0: Hey friends, welcome to Wild Confidence Podcast, where we help one another find, keep, and share our confidence in Christ. I'm your host, Ainsley B. It's an honor to bring you some inspiring conversations with amazing guests. Before we hear today's conversation, I want to kindly ask if you'd leave a five-star review and share this episode with a friend who might like it. I'd also love to connect on Instagram, so find me at Ainsley B. Okay, I can't wait anymore. Let's get to know our guest. Five-time author and top podcaster, Stephanie Mae Wilson, is the go-to guide for women in their 20s and 30s as they navigate some of life's biggest transitions, being single and getting into a relationship, getting engaged and then married, changing jobs, moving to a new city, and becoming a mom. This is the huge transition she's been going through lately. Through her books, courses, and chart-topping podcasts, Girls' Night with Stephanie Mae Wilson, Stephanie has mentored more than 1 million women, cheering them on, reminding them that they're not alone in what they're going through, and equipping them with tools and resources to help them not only survive these gigantic transitions, but truly thrive. When she's not writing, speaking, or recording a podcast episode, Stephanie is usually packing for a global adventure with her husband, Carl, laughing with her close tribe of girlfriends or curled up in her Nashville home with her one-year-old twins, Annie and Quinn. Stephanie, welcome to Wild Confidence. How are you today?
1: I'm good. I'm so glad to be here. I just love you and I love your show and... um yeah, I'm just so glad to get to hang out with you today. We to be fair, we I feel like we should let everyone know that we're recording mid-conversation. We've been talking for mm-hmm. about an hour already. Yeah, so literally. um welcome everybody else to our conversation. We're glad you're here. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> That's
0: exactly it. We've already covered um book writing, we've already covered family stuff, mm-hmm. we've already covered a little bit about kids. And now we get to cover marriage.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. Seriously, Honestly, we're the running only the thing We didn't cover so far. Yeah, seriously. Perfect. All right. We'll do it. Okay. Up so, sleeves. yeah. How long have you been married? Um, this is really fun to answer right now because our anniversary is I'm not totally sure what today is, but I know what our anniversary <laughs> is, so it's soon. Um, I just don't know how soon cuz again, I don't know when's what today
0: When
1: is when's your anniversary? It's July 5th. Oh, okay.
0: Um, so it's, it's coming so up. Soon.
1: Um, yeah, it's coming up. So we will have been married for 8 years. Wow. That's like pretty amazing. Wait. So I met you like right after? Yes. when we moved to Nashville, we got married. we moved all of our stuff to Nashville. We're here for like three days, and then drove back to Atlanta and got married. And oh then gosh. Okay. went on our honeymoon and then drove back to Nashville and then we lived here and we're married. it was it was a lot all at once. but yeah, yeah so we you probably we you and I probably met like, a couple months after we got married.
0: Okay, that makes yeah. sense. That tracks. Okay, amazing. Yep. Wow. Eight years and a lot has happened in eight years. Y'all have, oh my gosh. Yes. Cause I remember when like you both got like, or was it let like, go from jobs at the same time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our and second, then-
1: yeah, two, we lost four jobs between the two of us before our first anniversary. Oh so gosh. one of them was three months before our wedding, two of them, I guess we each lost one two, three months before our wedding. And then we each lost one about six months into, is that right? Yeah. About six months into marriage. And so, yeah, we, you, you and I probably met like, as that was happening. And so I probably was like, do you have $5 I can borrow? I probably owe you $5.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. I remember that so vividly. And then. I mean, that alone in your first year of marriage can be insane, but you also most recently have twins. Mm -hmm. So like just
1: things happen in twos apparently, I guess they do. They do. It really is funny Mm. because we, I would say that this, so yeah, we, um, we have twin girls, then, Mm. then they are 19 months old. Um, so just over a year and a half. And, um, they are amazing and hilarious and like starting to become the sweetest little buddies. Like, um, this morning, one of them just was chasing the other one around trying to hug her and she accidentally <laughs> tackled her. Um, it was totally an accident, but yeah, they I mean, they're just the funniest, sweetest little buddies. Um, but I will say that the beginning, I don't know first six months, first eight months, something like that. We got our butts kicked by these two little babies. Like we were outnumbered. Even when we would have like my parents, Carl's parents, a million people here helping. And we were all outnumbered by these two tiny little babies. Um, and so one of the things that we've said though, is that we're so glad that we had been through so much and like, Mm. um, you know, we'd overcome different obstacles together as a couple we've, we've like, I'm so glad that our foundation was really strong because if it, because even so it was a hard it was a really hard six to eight months. And that meant that it was hard on our marriage too. Like yeah. you're just not the best at marriage when you haven't slept in six to eight months, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. it's just, it's not like the most like romantic time of your life. Um, and so really I'm, I'm so glad for all this stuff that we'd been through leading up to that because it made it so that we like, obviously our team was stretched in new ways and stretched more than it ever had been but we were already a really st- strong team. And so it made, yeah, you know, what was a really hard season of life just easier. Yeah.
0: And, and I even remember like in the beginning, how gracefully y'all handled the beginning of marriage. So I guess I'm wondering, um, like, what did you personally do to prepare for marriage in general to where you were able to lay that solid foundation?
1: Yeah. Um, well, thank, thank you, by the way, that's really sweet. Um, We, the biggest thing, and you know, for people who, who don't know me or haven't been around my little corner of the internet, something that we talk a lot about is singleness and dating and how to make the most of the season that you're in. And the reason for this is that, um, I spent, when I was single, I spent a lot of time like wondering where my future husband was and kind of feeling like my whole life was on hold as I wait, you know, I really wanted to fall in love and get married and, and be married to my best friend. And I just, that's something that I like deeply, deeply, deeply wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the process, like there was, there were times where I kind of treated my life while I was single, like a waiting room. It was like, I'm just going to hunker down here and just wait for my person to show up. And it kind of was like, the idea was that like, my life will really begin when that happens. And, finally i feel like honestly the lord just intervened in my life and was like stephanie listen if you um if you knew that you were going to be married in 4 years from today just really happily married 4 years from today how would you live your life today and it was like you know i i had been wondering what it looked like to wait well or what it looked like to trust god's timing for my life and i think that i thought that just like sitting down and like I don't know, having white knuckles and just like, mm-hmm. we're just sitting there and waiting that that was what it looked like to be patient or that's what it looked like to wait. Well, but really I feel like what God was showing me was that what, how would you live? If you knew this was handled, like, if you yeah. knew that this was, if you knew that this was all going to be okay, like, then what would you do? And, and that freed me up so much. Cause I was like, okay, then I wouldn't, it did a couple things. It was like, one, I, I don't have to make this happen. I don't have to make sure that I'm in the right place at the right time. Or like, you know, I always thought that I was going to meet my future husband in Colorado because that's where I'm from. And so I think there was part of me that was afraid to leave home because I was afraid Mm. I was going to like miss him. And, um, that really freed me up to be like, I can go all kinds of places and I can do all kinds of things because I don't, I wouldn't have to worry about somehow being in the wrong place at the wrong time and so that was really freeing that i would just i could just live my life and live it well because i don't have to worry about this and i don't have to like control this um but then the other thing is if i knew that my like if i knew this was coming Is there anything you want to get in order before it happens? And Mm -hmm. I mean, Ainsley, you and I have been through this with kids. It's like, is there anything you want to do around your house before your baby shows up? And the answer is yes, there is. (laughs) Like, I want to throw this trash away. I want to figure out for, you know, once and for all where the cups go in my kitchen. And I want to, like, there are just some things I want to figure out before this giant life change happens. And so that's also how I felt was like, you know, there's some things in my life that I, That it felt kind of broken, you know. You and I have talked about this before, but my identity was in a really messy place for a really long time, and that's just one of those things I didn't want to carry into marriage. And so, that was kind of the other way I thought about that question: was if I knew that this was happening in four years, what would I do? Like, how would I want to prepare? What? Who do I want to be walking into marriage? And how do I become that person now? And so, that's so much of the work that I did um, leading up to when I met Carl. And so it was a lot of like investing in my relationship with God, investing in my relationship with myself, um, my mental health, healing from some of the junk that had happened in my life, some of the lies that I was believing about myself, um, investing in my friendships because it's just a really great, I mean, I think any time starting today, (laughs) any, any day is a great time to invest in your friendships. Mm -hmm. Um, investing in my work investing in my passions and my calling in life and then going on really awesome adventures those were some of the things that i did while i was single and it's cool because those were actually a lot of the things that carl was doing too and so when we met each other it really was that process of becoming a he- a more healed whole version of ourselves that made marriage so much better. And even today, I mean, we've been married for almost eight years and I can look back and go all of the investments that we made into our personal selves in our personal lives have made our collective self and our collective life so much better. Um, and then we, I mean, we did premarital counseling and that was great too, but it was really really just all the learning and the growing, like this is, Um, I heard someone say recently, the best time to invest in your marriage is before you have one. Mm -hmm. And so, um, or today starting today, but it really is like the, the more healed and whole of a person you can be, the better your marriage will be.
0: I love every, literally I took so many notes just now because I loved everything you said. And it gives me that picture of like that, you know, I've heard it before, but like two whole people becoming one versus half of a person and half of a person trying to make it work. Mm-hmm. Cause there's always those gaps that the other person mm-hmm. is trying to fill. And then it becomes like a codependent kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And obviously you don't want that. That's going to bring in some toxicity there. Um, so I love the, the like visual that you gave of the waiting room and then stepping out of that waiting room and literally just living life, whether it's, you know, using that self-discovery, using those healing, uh, things and tools, investing in your friendships, investing in yourself, like all of those things. When people are like, what should I do? while I'm waiting for my future husband that, you know, yeah. yeah, that is like, also I mean, you not wait.
1: And, like, and even now, like, and do yeah, even, yeah. Don't wait, don't sit down, like just go and live. And, and even now, um, you know, a couple of years after we got married, I went to counseling for a while and I'm, I mean, I'm in counseling again. I love counseling. I could talk about it forever, but, um, it's, I, I walked out of counseling that first day and was like, okay, my two takeaways were one, this is going to be hard two this is the best thing that I could do for my marriage and my friendships and my work and myself and all these things. But I just knew if I worked on these things, if I could like fill some of these gaps and like, you know, heal some of these places in my heart, it just is going to make every day of our marriage so much easier. So it's, you know, if anyone's listening, who's already married and they're like, okay, cool. I can't like go back and relive my single life. Mm -hmm. All those things are still true. Your relationship with God, your relationship with your friends, your relationship with yourself, your mental health, um, all of your other relationships, those being better and more healed and whole will impact. It's just a domino effect. They all impact each other. Y'all,
0: it is happening. I am so excited to finally bring you the book that I've been working on called Don't Date a Boo-Boo Dude. It is a guide to raise your standards, realize your worth, and remove shame from the dating game. I'm writing this book on a mission that girls everywhere will embrace a wild confidence in their identity in Christ and fulfill the calling that God has placed on their lives. Y'all, it's time to raise the bar, link arms, and fix our crowns. The book is now available for pre-order on Amazon and it officially comes out August 2nd. So there's like those best practices, I guess, whenever you're getting into um, marriage or just preparing for it, but are there some things that you still feel like you wish or you wish you wouldn't have done in those early years?
1: Um, I think that... I, you know, I can't remember how much we did. I I can only think of this like as in the last couple years. Um, But I think I'm trying to think of, there's this book, this is like the dumbest tangent. I really shouldn't go down this road. There's this book that I was (laughs) supposed to read. (laughs) I was supposed to read during an internship. And the whole thing was about like, who owns what, like who's in charge of what and being really clear about that so that you um, didn't assume that someone else was going to do a job and then get frustrated at them. Like, it's just, you, you identified all the tasks that need to be done and you gave everyone a job. It has something to do with monkeys and something to do with manager. And to be honest, I didn't read the book. So (laughs) this would be a lot better if I had, but (laughs) that's one of the things that I think, you know, there are some like really giant sweeping, Heart, soul things that go into marriage, you know, one of them being like your health, your personal health, your past, your mental health, um, the way you communicate, all of those things have a really big impact on your marriage. And and that's like one thing. There also are these just like potholes that I think we sort of trip and fall into, or or you know, that trip us up in marriage that that don't need to cause as many problems as they do. Um, So there's like big sweeping stuff that takes like therapy and time and healing and, you know, medication. And I mean, just all kinds of big stuff. But then there are things where it's like, you don't have to be fighting about socks. Like there's there's a way to get around this, to like coexist better, to be a better roommate to each other. And if you can figure out some of those things, then you just, your life together is easier. And so one of the things that we have done and we've done it like as recently as like a couple weeks ago um is to make a list of all the things that we're responsible for and to assign tasks and this is really good because when we got married Carl and I got to find out that he's the kind of person who always knows if the trash is full and who is going to take it out i am the kind of person who i'm not trying to be lazy i just didn't notice that it was yeah. full so he'll be sitting there like looking at the trash wondering how long it's going to take me to notice that it's full and that I need to take it out. Like that's who we are. Um, and that's the kind of thing that can really like drive you crazy in marriage. And one of the things that we've talked about over and over again is that like, one of us will feel unloved by the other one. If like Carl feels unloved when I put dishes in the sink to like quote unquote soak, because basically he's (laughs) like, you're just leaving this for me to do. And that makes me feel like you don't care about me, you know? And, and you're like, that I'm in this alone. And you know there's there's bigger implications when we um trip into these like there's um these potholes bring up bigger feelings than just there's yes. a dish in the sink. Um and so really we have gotten really specific about like, this is what it takes to make our life run. And this is who is in charge of it. So like trash duty, Carl duty. I do not ever take out the trash. Mm-hmm. Um, unloading the dishwasher, Stephanie duty always. And we talked through it. Like who does someone, does one of us have a really specific way we want this done? If so, you need to own that. Or if you're going to give it to somebody else, you need to just decide you don't care how it's done. So like, if you have a really strong preference, then it's your job. <laughs> like if yes. you care how laundry is folded, you fold the laundry. But if you don't like or if neither of you really cares, like does one of you absolutely hate that task? If so, like negotiate it away. Like I negotiated um a post baby dinner cleanup duty. So this means like um scraping tater tots off the floor. Mm-hmm. Uh that's what this like duty requires. <sighs> but I traded that for meal planning because I hate capital words, exclamation points, hate, hate, hate meal planning. It is not my thing. So I would way rather scrape tater tots off the floor and have Carl meal plan. So we like swapped. So it just that, I think that when we, when we think about marriage, we forget that you also are getting into a roommate relationship yes. and that if you can be a good roommate and like help the other person be a good roommate and just communicate about what you need and who's going to do it, it takes away so much resentment that would come from really stupid things. Um, but when they add up and when it's been a while, they don't, they're not so stupid anymore. And like they end up causing bigger problems than they need to. So that's just like a super practical thing that we've always done. It's like, what needs to be done? Whose job is it? And then if one person starts to feel like they're carrying too much of the weight, then we like, you know, re, like shift things a little bit, but it just makes all of life so much easier. And I don't have to take out the trash.
0: yes i'm literally like shouting you down like you're preaching because these things if people can get these things early on in their marriage it is life changing um we have been married six and a half almost seven years something like that i don't know us
1: we're like we've been at this for a minute
0: we're doing it um and that's literally something that i um, tell people too, is don't critique, but communicate. So if let's say that dishes, I see young couples do this all the time. We're using dishes as, as the example, but this could be anything. Oh my gosh. That's not how you do this. That's not how you do that. Well, says who you did not grow up in the same house. Like mm-hmm. just because your mom taught you to do this doesn't mean that that's how it is done, you know? Right. So you don't have to critique the person who's doing the dishes, unless you want them done a certain way, you can communicate, Hey, this Yeti, um, it, it needs to be Mm hand-washed. I wish Yetis did not have to be hand-washed, but that's on the instructions. Okay.
1: We totally just toss ours
0: in. Yeah. We definitely do now. (laughs) We, we, we we were hand-washing them. And then I was like, you know what? I don't even care. (laughs) So whatever. But that was one thing that I would communicate like, Hey, this needs to be hand-washed. This doesn't. Or, um, or I would do that. Like he would, Mm -hmm. if it does need to be hand-washed and he doesn't want to hand-wash it, fine. No big deal. He's doing all of the other dishes. Mm -hmm. Great. Yeah. Then leave those for me because I want them hand-washed, whatever ones, you know, or stuff in the dryer, moving the stuff from the washer to the dryer, Lulu, whatever, for whatever reason, they cannot be dried per the instructions, I don't dry the pants, but I dry everything else. Now
1: <laughs> you were such an instructions reader. I'm like, Oh man, I just toss everything in the dryer.
0: <laughs> I, I normally, well, here's the problem. I just, I can't afford if they shrink. <laughs> uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't just keep buying them. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. That makes that's sense. Yeah. Reason. Mm-hmm. But yep. That's just an example of like, okay, I'm not going to critique you for putting everything from the wash washer to the dryer, because that's, that is literally how this transaction goes, Mm -hmm. but I can communicate, Hey, this for whatever reason, Lulu pants can't be dried, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that is something that I see happening in young couples all the time. Um, and then the other thing that I don't even remember where we, where I heard this, but I think I just heard this some random place is, um, whoever is stronger in a certain area that day gets to be the captain of that ship. So I, I call them the scales of strength, but I don't know what they're, I don't, I just made that up. Um, so let's say that I, I'm trying to give it an an example. I have had like glimpses of PPD symptoms recently. Mm. That's postpartum depression for anybody who hasn't had kids. And one day I was like, I need to just lay down in a dark room. I just need to do that. I'm weak that day. So my weak area was taking care of Goldie for that specific lunch hour. So that's where my scales of strength shift, right? And Justin Mm -hmm. becomes strong in that area where I'm weak. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's say, you know, one of us wants to, one of us is feeling stronger in their faith that day. Well, Hey, I'm going to be stronger in this area because I want to tell you something that I learned and that takes constant communication. And it's not mm-hmm. like this morning we wake up and we're like, I'm feeling strong in this area. I'm going to lead the team. It just naturally happens.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, it's naturally, or it can be more long-term like Justin's an accountant. I ain't touching my bank account. Mm-hmm. I have married an accountant. Yes. <laughs> you
1: yeah. Know? Yes. And That's all his strength. I love that so much because I think that there's this idea that, um, and you, you said it so well that like we grew up in different households. So we have different expectations about how things should be done and who should do them. Mm-hmm. And if those expectations aren't communicated or, and then aren't met, then that causes a lot of problems in just your daily life that makes life unpleasant at best and like full of resentment and disconnection at worst. And so if you can just talk about the things like how do you like your home to be kept? What do you need on a daily basis? Like I, it it turns out have like weird sleep stuff where like, I don't, you know, Carl and I will like watch something like on my iPad or something as I go to sleep like way before him. So that's a random thing, but we'll watch something on the iPad. And then every once in a while, he'll want to like watch a trailer for the new, some movie that's coming out or something on Netflix will pique his interest and he'll want to watch it. I'm like, I can't, no, you can't do that because I've already wound all the way down. We have watched <laughs> some show about cute animals and I'm ready to fall asleep. <laughs> and then you turn on this like potentially kind of scary or action packed, whatever trailer. And it yes. just like sings me right awake. And then I'm totally mad about it. And yes. so it's just like random things, like talking about what you need um, and and then accommodating each other, but then also, yeah, figuring out where your strengths lie and where your I hate this, please don't make me do this lies. And then like there are, you have all these things on your plate, all these things on your to-do list, um, and no one automatically has to do each one. You have to you share them. And so you guys get to figure out how to share them. And when you can really communicate about them, you'll find that like you're operating more in your strengths, the things get done better and you, um, you enjoy your life more and you're not mad at each other for not, Like, I think one of the biggest things is your partner cannot read your mind ever. It just like, they just never can. And so the more we can just say what's on our mind and what we need, we're just setting them up for success so much Mm -hmm. better instead of being mad when they inevitably fail. Yeah. Um, we need to just, if you're an Enneagram two,
0: you need to pause, press that little second, second back button. And you need to <laughs> replay that again, because that is such an Enneagram two thing specifically. And we were just talking about how we're both Enneagram twos
1: mm-hmm. is
0: that you, a, your wants and needs are valid period. Yeah. And, but you have to communicate them Yeah. in order for them to be valid. It's like, yeah. you can have a coupon all day long, but until you scan that coupon, it's not, doesn't matter yeah so you can have a want and need all day long but until you communicate that it what is it it's it's in your head it's not in real in this real life yeah um it's so funny because my mom always like she'll come over and she'll be like you two communicate more than any person i know and whenever we but it's over like funny stuff like it's literally like i'm gonna go on the peloton bike it like for you know the next 30 minutes so that's where i'll be And my mom's like, just go, like, you just go to the bike. And I'm like, yeah, but that to me, you know, that communicates to me. I'm about to have my headphones in. I won't be able to hear you if you need me. So this is where my phone will be. If you need to text me. I mean, it's just, it seems silly, but it, it creates such a lack. It creates no frustration because I know exactly what's going on. Mm -hmm. i'm running to here um and especially whenever we had goldie um one of the things that we did which i think we could have implemented earlier um is okay we have a newborn what's one non-negotiable thing that you need on a daily basis and what's non-negotiable thing that i need on a daily basis
1: like that
0: those things can be different every day but Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the day this is what i need today what do you need today
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Usually mine was a shower and his was a workout. Mm-hmm. But that means that 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 new mom lack of showering thing that kind of mm-hmm. you know is a, a thing, I guess that I never Good got so. that. I never yeah. had that because I had my non-negotiable and you asked and for it. And that was a shower. And I yeah. asked for it. Yeah. yeah. So I wish we would have implemented that a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. even just this week. Like what's one, what's something you want to do every day this week? What's something mm-hmm. that you need, you know. And that just helps those scales of strength kind of balance out. And that helps you understand like what that person needs when. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, I just hijacked your answer, but I was just adding on to it because it was so good. No, I good. love that. And I have my like, I'm
1: like 100% in there with you. I kind of wish, I wish we would have done that. I think we were so at the end of ourselves that it was like, I think, you know, there was a minute where we looked at each other and we're like, hello, can you pick up some slack? Like, <laughs> And we both were like, I am carrying as much slack as I possibly can. Like I, my arms are full and overflowing and I'm like teetering. I'm about to drop (laughs) everything. No, I can't pick up anything else. And it just, for a while there, there was more than both of us could carry. And, but we, I don't think we really knew that. And so that was kind of one of the things that we, like, that was the first time that it ever happened where there just, there was more than together we could do. And like that, yeah, that just had never happened to us before. So we'd never kind of crossed that bridge or had that conversation before. Um, but I do, I do kind of wish that if I could go back and tell myself something, like, I know you're frustrated because you feel like you're carrying so much. And I know you're frustrated because you feel like you're carrying so much. You both are carrying way more than humans should. And, um, it won't be like this forever, but like there's no one else has any hands for some slack. There's just, there's just an overflow (laughs) at the moment. (laughs) You are in survival mode. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, just 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 keep one step one step at a time. For as much help as you possibly you can. Have multiples, like absolutely. Oh loud. my gosh, it was a lot.
0: <laughs> I mean, I just can't imagine. Like right now, Justin's out of town, and I'm like, this is one on one, right? Like me and me and child are one yeah. on one, where yeah. normally it's two on one, uh-huh. and y'all are two on two. Like it's essentially, you know, one on one. Yeah, one on one for each yeah. parent. Oh yeah. my Lanta, like they that have really is...
1: gotten like now that they're a little more independent, like they can walk, that's awesome. So it's like, I feel more like a, like I'm herding cats, yeah. but it's, it's easier than trying to like hold two babies at the same. Like it, I don't need as yeah. many hands, um, mm-hmm. usually. So it's a little bit easier to be two on one. Um, but really last weekend I was here by myself with them. And normally we're finally at a point where we can like can survive the weekend, but then they both got sick. And so I called my mother-in-law crying and she came over to help me. So, <laughs> so that's, just how it <laughs> yeah. that's just how it goes. My ask for a, help.
0: Yeah, my mom's coming tonight just so I don't have multiple nights alone um, back uh, to back. So I totally uh, ask for help. Yeah, ask, ask for help, help, ask for help, ask for help. Mm-hmm. Whether that's a family member, this is in general too with marriage, like whether that's a family member, whether that's counseling, whether mm-hmm. that's just with the dishes or whatever responsibility, 100% ask, ask for, for help. Yep. If you have ever heard any guest on this podcast and thought, wow, I want a relationship with the Lord. Like they have, I want to show you a field guide where you can, how to connect with the Lord field guide is available to you by checking out. It's on my website. So ainsleybrittain.com. And if you go to the tab that says field guides, you can access this course. It is packed full with information and wisdom on how to connect with the Lord and reintroduce yourself to Him, it is so time to reignite your relationship with the Lord, and He is just ready and willing with wide open arms. I'm so excited for you. Check out that blog guide. So the my next question was like, what do you think are generally some areas that need extra work in those early years? But I feel That's like we, it. yeah, I feel like we covered it. Yeah. Honestly, because what you said about being a good roommate, I wish I would have learned when I was in college with my girlfriends. Mm -hmm. And like, I think that part of that is investing in your friendships. Like you mentioned before, it's like, you can invest in your friendships and figure out how to be a good roommate. Now you will already know how to invest in your marriage and figure out how to be a good roommate then.
1: Yeah. When it
0: comes to those kinds of responsibilities. Totally.
1: Totally. Totally.
0: so I really love that those things that you said in preparation for marriage can be put into play right now. If you're in a roommate situation. Yeah. Um, even honestly, even with your, if you're in a roommate situation, you're living with your parents or something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I mean, if you live independently, then you can kind of figure that out, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But tell us about this resource that you have for laying a solid foundation in marriage.
1: Yeah. So, um, something that- you know, I mentioned I've been talking about singleness and dating forever. And when Carla and I first got married, people started asking us, like, oh, are you guys going to do a marriage course? And we were like, no. Mm-hmm. And the reason was because our parents, both of our parents, I think have been married for 38 or 39 years. Now, I don't think anyone's hit 40 because I should really know if they had. Like I should have thrown a party (laughs) and I haven't done it. So I don't think anyone's at 40 years yet. Um, But both of our, both sets of our parents have been married for a really long time, which is an amazing thing. And I think I could just like hear them laughing at us. If we were like, here, we've been married for 30 seconds. Here's how it's done. Um, So that was part of it. But really the bigger thing was like, we just didn't, we just knew we had a lot to learn before we wanted to try to instruct anybody. Um, Mm -hmm. But now that we've been married for eight years, we have finally started to talk a little bit about, like, we're still not even ready to talk about marriage as a whole. Cause I, there's so much, like, I, I mean, I, there's everything I don't know, but the thing that we've been talking about more and more lately is the transition into marriage, mm. because I just don't think enough people do talk about it it really is this absolutely gigantic life change. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard. There's some identity change. I mean, like for a lot of us, we change our actual names, which is weird. And nobody talks about that. (laughs) I was weird, hard and and full of feelings. And, um, they're just as, so you're, you're moving, your, your roommate situation changes, your schedule changes, your, um, your relationship changes. Like, I mean, there's just so much that happens yeah. in this transition, and there's just not a lot of help with it. Um, and so in February, uh, we taught a course to 50 amazing couples, um, and it was called Tie the Knot. And um, it really was like a marriage prep course. But the thing that we found out during it is that uh, we loved getting to talk to couples who were engaged. Um, but the best conversations that we had were with couples who had actually recently gotten married because instead of it being like, in theory, we're talking about like where our socks will go. It was like, no, in practice, like he stays up way later than I do. And someone told me we should go to bed at the same time. And I'm kind of freaking out if like, we don't, is that bad? Or like sex is weird and hard. And like, we don't know who to talk to about this or, um, you know, we're bickering about this thing and it's not marriage counseling level at all. But like, I just, I, I remember wishing that like, you did post-marital counseling instead of premarital counseling, like that someone six weeks in a row would just like check in on you and see how you're doing. Um, and so since that doesn't really exist as much as it should, um, I think that that's actually like what we're going to be doing here in another couple months, um, is instead of focusing specifically on couples who are about to get married, um, talking to, uh, couples who have recently gotten married and if 're if you ha- if you're not married yet, you can totally join us too, and it can be more of like a prep um, thing, but we just it really is a really big transition. and I think that we yes. could all just use a little bit more help with it. So, um I think it's gonna be, I don't know if we're gonna call it tie the knot this time. I think we might call it something different, but um really, more and more, my heart is just like, you know, we see couples get married. We're at their weddings. we're treating them on it's this beautiful day but i just more and more want to call brides and grooms two weeks later and say like okay how are you. Yeah. Um nobody does. And and so i think we need to. Yes, i was just talking to someone about the fact that like you
0: have no clue what you're vowing. <laughs> like whenever you're saying your vows, i'm like People have no clue what it actually means. Yeah. Like we're making a lot of promises up there that I don't know how to live out. We've
1: never done before. I totally felt that like (laughs) on our wedding day, I was like, I'm saying all this stuff and I am going to do my best, (laughs) but it's not like I'm promising to do something I've done before. It's not like I have an experience. Like I know for a fact that I can commit to this. I'm like, well, I've never been married before and I've never loved someone every day for the rest of my life before. So I promise you i'm really gonna try
0: yeah but i don't i don't
1: know like i i just don't have the track record
0: right that's exactly it it just cracks me up because i'm like oh my lantha like you you just don't know what you're promising but i love 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 this course like or this guidance that you're offering i mean i'm hear you saying that it's not um uh, like counseling level but it doesn't necessarily have to be right if you can it's almost like that Preventative measure that you yeah. may be able to take is, yeah. hey, maybe you don't end up in uh, counseling because you can kind of manage expectations and preparation here, and then. Not that I think counseling's bad. I'm in it all the time. I'm obsessed yes. with it. Like, yes, I love it. But it's but, like it
1: doesn't have to. These things don't have to be. They can be potholes, and you can fill them before they like. Yes, you know,
0: shut down a highway. Yes, one hundred percent. I'm so excited that you're offering this, and this. um, I'm assuming we can find it on your website and Instagram and all those places.
1: Yeah. 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 Um, let me see. I know that I just set the date for it. Cause we had to move it around a little bit. It's going to be towards the end of August, um, that we're going to start teaching it again. Um, and so, yeah, I'll have all the details up on my website. And, um, I really like, I just marriage is so good. It's so fun. It's so sweet. It's so rich. It's so it's so all the things, um, that we, that like, I think we hope it will be, but then also, um, it also doesn't fix every part of our lives and it doesn't heal everything automatically. And it doesn't, um, it's not easy all the time. And, and you're also just becoming like moving in with a boy and he's going to be a roommate (laughs) forever. And it's weird. And like, so I just, I, it's, I so want to, um, just help women know that they're not alone in it being weird, hard transition. And like, help them, help them through it so that their first year of marriage, um, in the first couple of years can be like as sweet as they hope that they will be, um, and not totally full of just like, so the learning curve, I guess, doesn't have to be quite as steep. I love that. The most fun thing that I just looked up is that this episode comes out the day after your anniversary. <laughs> oh, that's so fun! Well, hopefully, we will be. Well, I think we're going to do a little staycation for our anniversary. That's always nice. our go-to. We get a hotel, and pretend like we're on vacation for twenty-four hours or so. Yes, you deserve it, and I'm so excited, and
0: um, so excited for you to celebrate this milestone. So excited for this course, and for everyone who will be um, joining it. And my gosh that is incredible. Everything you do touched, everything you touch turns to gold. So I'm very excited for all the things that you have going on. And here's my last question. Okay, I know the answer to this, but, um, I want you to say, have you ever dated a boo-boo dude? Totally.
1: (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, like different varieties for sure. Um, but yeah, I feel like I've, I feel like I've, I've done that booby-doo sample platter, um, <laughs> tasting menu. sample platter. <laughs> yeah. And none of it's great. None oh, of it's great. It's so um, good. That's so funny. Yeah. And you can yeah. read about it in
0: the lipstick gospel.
1: <laughs> totally. Yes. Yes. He was, he was, um, that one actually, he was a pretty legit guy. Um, I've dated some worse. So definitely ones that were like not so legit. Um, no. that one is more circumstantial, but yeah. Honestly, you can't I, don't, I don't
0: remember enough. this one, but I don't remember his specific thing in the lipstick gospel, but I do remember like visualizing the sorority. The lipstick gospel is one of Stephanie's many books, but that was the one that I remember. The the, yeah, the first one that I was mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, incredible. Because it was just so visually um, applicable to every single college sorority girl on planet earth. So that's just, it always reminds me of that season Mm -hmm. and always reminds me of, you know, I feel like college is like boo-boo dude central. So
1: Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, Oh yeah. They were all, they were all in college. I feel like in high school, like I didn't know enough and they didn't know it. Like, yeah, it's, it was just all, it's all in college. The mm -hmm. sample platter. Um, can <laughs> I, I hijack for a second and talk to your people really quick? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. You guys Ainsley has a book coming out <laughs> in a month and seriously one, it's beautiful. It's so good. She's such an, a, an incredible writer. You guys know this, you're in her community, but the thing that people don't automatically know about books coming out is that it really, 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 really matters that people buy them right at the beginning. And usually pre-order is better. The deal is that like the way that people know, the way that like retailers know to stock the book or like the success of a book, it getting out into people's hands is so determined by how many people pre-order. And if you guys are like me, a lot of times you'll have a favorite author. You'll have someone and you'll put, you'll like know that they have a book coming out and you'll kind of like mentally put it in your Amazon card or you will, but and you'll just like never check out but like it's $15 or $20. I don't actually know the retail <laughs> price of your I think phone. it's 17 or something. It's so, $17. Um, but like <laughs> it helps Ainsley out so much if you just take that one small little action of like actually checking out and like we all want this book but just actually putting it near your amazon card and actually checking out and then that way you'll get it on the day that it comes out and it just makes an absolute world of difference and so um i know everyone listening has been just so positively impacted by you ainsley and the best way to say thank you to her is by buying this book and doing and like pre-ordering it um So that is just my request as a friend, uh, the best, (laughs) literally the best,
0: my favorite thing about our friendship is that we can pick up where we left off no matter what, Mm -hmm. like no matter what we, Mm -hmm. and we always like randomly intersect and it just keeps happening. And I'm like, yes, let it keep happening forever for the rest of our lives because
1: you are literally amazing. Um, and I'm just so thankful for you. You're the best. Thank you for all, everything that you do. And thanks for having me. I love getting to hang out with you and I love getting to know your people and um, yeah, just grateful for your friend. Grateful for you too.
0: Hey, thanks so much for hanging out today. I pray that you're able to see yourself, how the Lord sees you. So you can hold your head a little higher and shine your confidence a little brighter. I would so appreciate if you would leave a review, subscribe and share this with a friend. And of course, I want to stay connected with you. Find me on Instagram at Ainsley B. And my website is AinsleyBritain.com. See y'all later.